2: I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the Webby-nominated podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Book of the Month Club is this week's sponsor. They're offering listeners uh, their first book for only $5 with code Zibby, Z-I-B-B-Y. Again, that's code Zibby for your first book for $5 to Book of the Month Club, which by the way is amazing. I subscribe every month. I get to pick from five of their favorite books. Um, Most of the time, one of them is, is by an author I've had on my podcast. And then it just arrives. I've given it as a gift. I adore it, and you will too. So think of it for gifts, and um, for sure, go on bookofthemonth.com and subscribe yourself. Tonya Dalton is the author of The Joy of Missing Out, Live More by Doing Less. Tonya is the founder and CEO of Inkwell Press Productivity Co., a business focused on helping women create fulfilling lives around their priorities. Her podcast, Productivity Paradox, has been downloaded more than a million times since its launch in 2017. She currently lives with her husband and two children in Asheville, North Carolina. Welcome, Tonya. Thanks for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Bugs. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be
0: here. Oh, it's so great to have you here in person. I love it. I do too. I love that we're doing this in person because... Most podcasts, you do either, you know, video or you do over the phone, and this is just so nice, and I feel like I have followed you for a long time, and it's so nice to finally get to meet you. No,
2: it's so different, I feel like, when you're actually with someone, you can, like, have a normal conversation and look them in the eye, and it's much harder (laughs) for me to do over the phone.
0: I agree. I agree. You get those awkward pauses. This is just nice. Yeah. Yeah. Hanging out.
2: (laughs) Getting to know each other. You know.
0: (laughs) Anyway, so in that vein, can you tell everybody what the joy of missing out is about? This is Mm. your first book. It is. Yes. I am so excited about the joy of missing out because honestly, it is more than a book to me, it's a movement to really help women stop feeling that heavy burden of busy. I feel like we think that we are supposed to be busy, and when we're not busy, we are somehow failing. So the book really is about how do you create a life for yourself that Isn't busy, is really focused on what matters most, but still, you know, allowing you to get the things done that you need to get done. Because you still got to do laundry, you still got to pay the bills, you still have all those other things to do. So how do we make it so that we have a priority-centered life while still focusing on what matters most and using the majority of our time to do that? So it really is a system to create that in your own life, which is what I'm excited about. What do you do? What's the the (laughs) system? (laughs) That's a good question. We (laughs) walk through the four steps in the book of discovery, clarity, simplicity, and harmony. And each one is designed to build upon the last. So the first step really is discovery because I think this is why productivity has failed so many people. While I hear from people, they're like, oh, I've tried all these systems, and they don't really work for me. I truly believe it's because there's this whole rigid system and you are supposed to wrap your life around that. And it doesn't work because we have things that we're good at and things that we don't like and things that are weaknesses and all those things. And we're trying to fit this very rigid system. So I truly believe that it is you and your priorities that sit front and center. And then we wrap the whole system and work it around you so that your priorities, your purpose, your passion, that is the center point and everything works around that. It plays to your strengths, it plays to your weaknesses. So that's the first step is really discovering who you are, what's your purpose, what's your passion, what are your priorities? And then we build on that and we talk about clarity. So let's clarify, how do you spend the majority of your day on what's truly important. How do you prioritize? How do you figure out where to spend your time, your energy, and your focus? And then that third step is all about simplicity, because you do still have to pay the bills. (laughs) You still have to do laundry. You have all those little tasks that have to be done. So how do we make it so that those things are not taking up the majority of our time? So that they're still happening, still getting done, but they're not the stress, and they're not the focus of our day. And then the fourth step is harmony, which is let's bring this all together and create harmony in our lives. So I talk about in the book that there's no balance. We don't want balance. If everything is balanced and perfectly even, we're not really moving in any direction. We're not growing in our personal life. We're not growing professionally. We have to lean into priorities. So let's do away with that idea of balance and let's really figure out how to use all these three steps we've done. You know, the the discovery, the clarity, and the simplicity. How do we bring that all together to create harmony in our own lives? So it all kind of wraps together. Wow. (laughs)
2: <laughs> so when I have my to-do list mm-hmm. and I pick up your book yes. and I'm trying to figure out if I should, like, deal with, like, the save the dates for my oh. son's bar mitzvah mm-hmm. or if I should start preparing for my next podcast or if I should, like, you know, order the thing my other daughter needs, how how, mm-hmm. how would mm-hmm. your system help me refi- like clarify what I should do next?
0: I love this question because— this is part of the reason why, and you'll in the book, I say you gotta toss the to-do list, because I think the to-do list is one of the things that really does work against us. It's so long, it's overwhelming, it's scattered, it's unorganized, and so I like to tell people, overwhelm isn't having too much to do, it's not knowing where to start. And a to-do list doesn't tell you where to start. In fact, usually you'll go for like the quick, easy wins on your to-do list, don't really drive you forward. They're not really the important things, but they're quick, easy things that we can scratch off. Mm-hmm. And we love to scratch I things off to-do list. We love it. I mean, how many times have you written something down on your list just to scratch it off, right? I have done that. Yep. Mm-hmm. All of us have. But if I don't because write it, it down, good.
2: I don't ever remember to do it. It's like my brain is overloaded. And it's,
0: Yeah. No, I totally agree. And I do believe in writing things down. But instead of doing a to-do list, make a priority list. So I like to say that a priority list is a to-do list with intention. So it's the same thing as a a to-do list. It takes the same amount of time. It takes the same truly amount of effort. It's just a little bit of extra thought into it and prioritizing. So I have a whole system that we walk through in the book where we take our tasks and we prioritize them into three categories, escalate, cultivate, and accommodate. So we start at the top with tasks that are important, And when I say important, I mean they're tied to a goal. They are connected to our North Star, which is our mission, our vision, our core values. They are things that are advantageous in our lives. They're good investments in ourselves that our future selves will appreciate and be grateful for. And they're things that are essential that really do have to be done by us. So at the very top, important and urgent. So Mm -hmm. still have an urgent deadline, but these are things that are really important. And then next on our list is the cultivate tasks. And these are the things that often get pushed aside because they're important and they really will help drive us forward, but because they're not urgent, they don't have the screaming deadline, they get pushed aside to be done later. And that happens a lot. This is where things live like registering for a class that'll really help you out or working on your family budget or you know any of those things that really are helpful in our lives but they don't have this like really looming deadline.
2: Like making photo albums. Of the like
0: kids. making photo albums oh of gosh. the kids. That's a great one because it's something that is really meaningful for you and will bring a lot of joy and happiness. And so it's advantageous. It's linked to your north star because for many of us, our north star is tied a lot to our families. But we, because it's not this urgent deadline, we're like, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. And then we have that guilt about, oh, I haven't done the photo albums, right? Yes. Yes. So that's a cultivate task. So I say, you do the escalate, then the cultivate, and then at the bottom, that's our accommodate area. Those are tasks that are not really important, but they're urgent. And here's the thing is, so often, we tackle those first because they're urgent. They're like screaming out at us. Mm -hmm. They're the fires, they're the things with exclamation marks. It's returning the t-shirt to Target. It's running to the dry cleaners. It's those things that need to be done but we're starting our day there instead of just accommodating them and squeezing them into our day and focusing our time instead on that Escalate and that Cultivate level. So when you have a priority list, you start at the top and you work your way down, you know where to start, what to work on next, and that is so empowering, I feel like. When we feel like we know the direction our day is going, we feel like we own our day instead of our day owning us. So I feel like the first step though is acknowledging the problem. <laughs> like, that's always the
2: first step. Isn't right? It? <laughs> like that life is chaos and mm-hmm. you're overwhelmed. Yes. And then turning to a system like yours. Yes. And, and being like, okay, I'm gonna actually now mm-hmm. step back and think through this whole thing. Because that's like a big leap. And like sometimes it is. I feel like you don't have the time to even like step back from mm-hmm. the day-to-day urgency stuff.
0: It's true, but that's that whole idea of investing in yourself, right? That you think to yourself, I don't have the time, but really we do you have the time? We just need to prioritize it. No, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. I'm
2: not yeah. saying. Oh, no, no. no! some <laughs> up on the book and the plan. and Good job with your business and everything. You know, you're on the right track. <laughs> I didn't mean no. it's not worth spending time. I just mean, like, when I, like, try to wrap my head around, should I do this? Like, it just, mm-hmm. then you still have to take a step back to, like, think about things in a, yes. you know, Farther view. Oh, I
0: totally agree. I think our biggest stumbling block oftentimes is that whole idea of I don't have the time or I I don't have, I can't do this right now because I'm so busy chasing after all the other things that are keeping us busy. Right. But this is why we run around all day long. We check a thousand things off our to do list and we slide into bed at night and we think, why didn't I get more done? Mm -hmm. And we feel unsatisfied, unsuccessful. And that's a terrible way to end our days. We should be ending our days feeling really good. And you know, I like to tell people, yes, maybe you check 30 things off your task list, but if you're going in 30 different directions, if you're standing and you take 30 steps in 30 different directions, where are you gonna end up? Not really anywhere, right? Maybe in the same spot where you were when you started. But if you instead chose to make three steps, three intentional steps in one forward direction, where are you gonna end up? Closer to where you wanna go. And that's the thing. It really is this idea of this intentionality, this unhurried purpose that we truly want to have in our days. And I think that for many people, if you're finding that when people ask you, how are you, and you're answering with that word busy all the time, that's a sign that we need to change because we don't want to be busy. Busy feels exhausting, busy feels just, it doesn't feel heart-filling, you know? I think we're so busy filling our days, we're not taking the time to fill our souls. And when we live a life that's truly focused on our priorities, we end our days feeling so satisfied and so much more successful. And that is what I want for women everywhere, is to feel this really great feeling when their head hits the pillow at the end of the day. I feel like you should run for office. <laughs> that. <laughs> oh my gosh, no. No, no thank like, you. you
2: so, like, self-possessed and put together with like, such a platform. I don't know. I feel like I could see you getting up there. I don't know. Just... I'll just I'll start with the Jomo Put movement. That in that's where we're going. Uh, <laughs> back pocket. <laughs> uh, so now let's see the like not so perfect side of you. In the book you reveal that yes. you basically had this major meltdown on the floor. You couldn't figure out what to do next. You were a mess. Mm-hmm. And that's part of how you came up with devising this whole system. So yes. so let us see a little bit of the Oh, of the mess side. Yeah,
0: I like how you said there's a, a story of me. Like there's there's, <laughs> there's lots of times where I fall apart. This is what I find interesting when I tell people like, oh, I you know, they'll say, oh, I really struggle sometimes with motivation or procrastination. And I'll say, oh, yes, I deal with that. And they're like, hold on, what? You're, you're a productivity expert. I'm like, well, I'm still a human, right? <laughs> so I we still struggle with it. It's all learning about who you are and then how do you best deal with it? And so um, for me, yes, there have been times—I tell the story in the book of me seriously turning in circles in my kitchen. I drop my kids off at school, and I'm racing home, and I get home because I have so much to do. And I I stand in my kitchen, I'm like, where do I start? Do I do here? Do I do this? Do I do that? And I literally turned in in circles, and I collapsed and cried for 15 minutes. And then when I cried— I was so irritated and angry with myself for wasting that time crying that I just get up and I just push myself forward, right? And that's the worst feeling in the world. So, you know, I went through this phase in my life where I was experiencing this a lot, where I was experiencing a lot of this frustration of not really knowing where I should spend my days because I was wearing myself out. And I was so tired of being worn out and quite frankly, disappointed in myself. God, there's nothing worse than feeling disappointed in yourself, right? So I got tired of that. I had this i have this story. I don't even tell it in the book. But this time where I am standing in the kitchen, and I'm stirring a pot of spaghetti, and Kate and Jack are playing at my feet, which is where the kids always are when you're cooking anything, hanging under your pants leg when they're that age. And I hear the garage door open, and I'm so relieved that my husband is home. I'm like, okay, great. He's home. You know, he's going to help take care of the kids. And I'm sitting there stirring this pot of spaghetti, and he doesn't come in. He doesn't come in. And a minute passes, and two minutes pass, and three minutes pass. And about four minutes, I've about lost it. Like, I'm just—steam is coming out of my ears. And I stomp over to the garage door, and I fling it open, and I see him sitting in his car, listening to some radio bit, laughing at it. And I was (laughs) so—I love my husband, but I was so mad because I thought to myself— What? I cannot believe that he is out there enjoying himself. I would never do that for myself. And that was my moment where I went, (gasps) I would never give myself five minutes to enjoy laughing in the car. I wouldn't allow myself just a little bit of time and space to transition from work into home. I wouldn't give myself, what? Why was it that I felt like I had to fill my day so much that I couldn't even gift myself five minutes and that was for me a big transition. That was when I was like, okay, I've got, I've got to make a change. So I did. I made the change in my own life, and then in talking with women, and really meeting with them and hearing their struggles, that was what really got me wanting to work with women and really helping them reshift their priorities and really make it so those were really what shined in the in the you know spotlight of their days. And so that just began to grow. And so I opened up Inkwell Press, which is a productivity company focused on helping women live productive lives, which means not doing more, but doing what's most important. And then I started a podcast and I did courses and now we have the book. So it's just grown and grown because I truly believe women are underrepresented when we talk about productivity. If you look at the books that are out there, they're all from men. They're all Our shelves are filled with books from men, men like David and Tim and Steven, and, right? There's no women out there talking about the unique perspective we have as women, the things that we struggle with, that because it is different from what a lot of men struggle with. So I wanted to write, I like to say it's like my love letter to women, that it's like, it's going to be okay. We can get this figured out. I understand your struggles. I've been there. I've been a stay-at-home mom. I've been a work-at-home mom. I've been a full-time working mom. I get it. I get the mom guilt, I get the frustrations. I get it that you can't even go to the bathroom by yourself sometimes. <laughs> You're just like, "Can I have 5 minutes to myself?" So I wanted to write a book that really leaned into that and showed them that this is possible. And in fact, it's not just my stories in the book. It's stories of other women in all walks of life who've applied these, you know, this system and made it work for them and are now living happier lives. So that's what I want out of this book. I really want women to feel so good about their days. So you don't just want them to miss out? No. No, I want them to miss out on the the clutter and the noise in their life and the busyness. I think if we think about that ideal day that we dream about, you know, sometimes when you're in the shower and you're thinking about, oh, wouldn't it be nice if this was happening in my life? There's so many amazing, beautiful things in that day, but there's a lot of things that are missing. The feeling of, you know, guilt that you feel like you have to say yes to everything instead of saying yes to the things you want to. The, the feeling of being stretched too thin, the feeling of of being busy and, and feeling like you don't have five seconds to yourself. Let's choose to miss out on those things because there really is joy and happiness already in our days. We just have to find it. It's already there. Let's just discover it. So you took your own personal struggle and turned it into
2: a business to help other people. Mm-hmm. You sell these amazing products, which are like, adorable as well. They're Thank like you. Aesthetically, adorable is the wrong word. Like
0: aesthetically <laughs> super pleasing, you know. Yes, I want them to be, this is the thing, is I believe that things should be really functional. But let's make them beautiful, so yeah, we want to beautiful. use them. Thank you. Those are better words. We want to use them. I want it to feel like planning your day feels like this beautiful ritual. Kind of like a like a Japanese tea ceremony where it's this, yes, drinking tea is a regular everyday thing, planning is a regular everyday thing. Let's make it beautiful. Let's make it something you look forward to.
1: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
2: This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all have stuff we need to get off our chests. Even if we don't think it's interfering with our daily life, there are some things you just haven't processed, be it grief or trauma, eating disorders, anything Visit BetterHelp.com slash Moms Don't Have Time today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Moms Don't Have Time. So you were so busy that you decided to, like, add a million things onto your plate. <laughs> no,
0: right?
2: <laughs> so you already had your system with all mm-hmm. the buckets, but now you have, like, a whole new thing that you have to integrate into your already busy life. Yes. So, like, how do you go about, like, when you woke up this morning, did you go through and make... The list, the way you were just describing. How do you, mm-hmm. how do you just like get through the day? And yes. like, what do you do when like things come up that totally throw you off, or mm. like a sickness, or you know, just something
0: that gets you off? Yep. Oh, the I know. Because let's be honest, lots of that's we, life. For oh, you. because that is totally life, especially if you're a mom. Yeah. That is. Absolutely life. And so you'll see that word flexible show up again and again and again in the book. I think so many systems are so rigid and they are so structured that they don't really work for you. Mm -hmm. We want to create a system, and that's all about customizing the system that works for you in your life. So plays to your strengths, but plays also to your weaknesses and allows that flexibility for a kid crawling into your bed at three o'clock in the morning, for waking up with allergies, for for life. So truly one of the things that I do every day, and we talk about this in the book because I have a whole system of how do you create structure for your days and your weeks, but I do plan each day as it comes. So I don't sit down on Sunday and say, okay, this is what I'm doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. There's no flexibility in that. So I sit down on Sundays. I do Sunday planning with my family, which I call team planning. I'm really big on bringing in your team. We talk a lot about how you bring your family into this, this productivity system. So I do that on Sundays for my family and Mondays for work. But on Sundays, I sit down and I map out. These are the things I'd like to have happen. And then each morning, I spend about 10 minutes at the very most mapping out my day, and creating my list. And that way I'm able to say, okay, you know what? Today feels really good. I'm gonna be able to get these things done. Or you know what, today is just not good. It's raining, the kids were late to school, the alarm didn't go off, you know, whatever it is, and we can adjust. If you're not giving yourself that grace, if you're not giving yourself that flexibility in your life, it is so hard to keep up to these standards that we are setting for ourselves, these impossibly high standards. So, you know, if you plan out every single day of the week and Tuesday is just a hot mess, but you've already planned everything you're doing Wednesday, you wake up Wednesday with Tuesday's tasks and Wednesday's tasks. It's no wonder that we feel exhausted and it's not even 8 Mm a.m., right? Because we already feel like we have failed before we've gotten out of bed because we're already behind. So let's do away with that. Let's just spend 5, 10 minutes at the start of each day planning what you want to do for that day. We walk through that whole system in the book. So it's really, I like to say it's all, you know, simple, huge movements. And the fact that they are really easy to implement, they're they're very, very simple to do, yet monumental in the impact it can make on your day. It really can make a huge difference. So tell me about this becoming a book. Yes. When did you
2: decide you wanted the system to be memorialized and, you know, <laughs> yes. rolled out across the world for everybody to use? And when did you write? Like, when do you like to write? Mm. Do you yes. write in the
0: morning? Do you mm-hmm. write? And do you go to a coffee shop? And, like, give me a mental image. Of- yes. So I've wanted to be an author since I was 12 years old, standing in the front of Mr. Carlisle's sixth grade classroom. So this is always Hi, been Mr. Carlisle. <laughs> Thanks for the lessons. Thanks for the lessons <laughs> because it really did plant this seed, and I, I would revisit this goal of mine to write a book. And of course, when I was in the sixth grade, I wasn't like I'm going to write a productivity book with systems in it. It was more like I want to write a book and I want to be an author because I love to write. So each year I'd kind of revisit it, and I would be like, No, this is not the right time. This is going on. Or and uh, you know, it all kind of came to, to fruition. In October, I guess now I have the worst time with years because I'm always making planners for different years. (laughs) So in 2017, where I was approached by a couple of publishers. I was actually approached by two publishers who told me they wanted to publish my book. Amazing. It was amazing because I've been doing my podcast at that point for probably like a year, year and a half maybe. And they were listening to my podcast episodes. They were like, we think you got a book in you. And I was like, oh my gosh, this, this is what I've always dreamed of. So, I sat down and I actually said no to those opportunities. So, we talk about this whole idea of finding your yes, that it feels like, ooh, I should have said, should I have said yes to that? I said no because I wanted to give myself space to really map it out. I didn't want to just write a book. I wanted to write the book that I was made to write. That's what I wanted. So, I wanted to spend some time really figuring out and mapping it all out. And then I mapped it out and then I started the actual writing process. So, I didn't, I started mapping that out. So, they approached me in October. I started mapping it out in January. Then I brought it to the publishing world in like June, July. And throughout that whole entire process, I just started writing. My heart was on fire with this book. I was so excited to write it. I was getting up around 4.20 in the morning to write. I'm not a morning person. but You must be. Well, it's funny because I'm not. If you ask my mom, she's (laughs) like, oh, (laughs) she's not a morning person. But I think that for me— Waking up that early and having that time for myself that the whole house is quiet and no one is up. No one is asking me for anything, you know, at work or the kids or anyone. And it's fully my time. Even though I'm not a morning person, that just fulfills me, having that time and space for myself. So I get up. What time do you go to bed then if you get up at 420? I go to bed around 10 or so. Yeah. So not too early, not too late. Okay, just that, wondering. Yeah, okay, <laughs> keep going. Sorry. <laughs> oh no. Let me just try uh, a little more. It's okay. Um, How so, much TV are you watching? <laughs> <right>? <laughs> well, and that was one of the things that I chose to do. I told my husband, I said, no new TV shows. Mm-hmm. We're not. I'm not going to be tempted to binge watch a TV show because I am gifting my time to the book. Last night, my husband was like, I
2: can't believe you haven't watched Veep. You know, we should just watch
0: all of it start to finish every season.
2: And I was like, what? I'm already stressed out about how I'm going to fit in the next season of, like, Mrs. Maisel when it comes out. Oh, my gosh, yes. Right? I'm like, how am I going to fit in
0: all of Veep? What? No. Yes. Well, I think this is the thing is we don't feel like we have the time, but if you prioritize and you say, okay. okay, I'm not prioritizing Veep. No. (laughs) Yeah, if you prioritize it, that time is there. We just have to discover it. So I get up, I drink 16 ounces of water. That's my first thing I do. I thought you were gonna say coffee, but okay, fine. No, I drink water because I did did a little bit of research and I found that we wake up dehydrated, that's why we're grumpy, that's why we're tired, because we haven't had anything to drink for like eight hours. So when I started drinking 16 ounces of water first thing, I made that into a habit, and we talk about habits in the book, I made that into a habit. I was like, oh, wow, I feel so much better if that's the first thing I do. It really, and it's 25% of my like water intake for the day. So I'm like, double check mark on that. I feel better. I feel like I just got a little win in my day, built up a little momentum. And then, you know, I brush my teeth. I go out into the living room. I generally start the fire because I live in the mountains of North Carolina. So it's generally cold in the morning. I light the fire. I do some stretches. I sit on my couch. That's where I like to write. And I write. And I write, and I write, and I write, and then probably around six o'clock, I close the computer up and I go and I wake my kids up for the day. And then I come back downstairs and I get back in bed with my husband for 10 minutes. And that is what I call my million dollar minutes. That is time that I'm very intentional with my marriage where I focus in on my husband for 10 minutes. A lot of times we may not even talk. Sometimes we're just like cuddling in bed. Sometimes yeah, it's... What, what are we doing in these ten minutes, minutes here? <laughs> there's a, generally, there's a lot of laughing. So the kids there's, are awake, and the kids now are awake. you're you're back in bed. I'm back in bed, and we're just kind of there. And you've locked the door, and this is no. Like it's no. it's it, we're not doing that kind of thing. Okay. We're just. We're just really kind of connecting. connecting. All right, fine. Yes, <laughs> I mean I'm not saying that hasn't happened, but it's more connecting. And so a lot of times we're laughing, or we're just kind of chatting, or we're just kind of sitting there together, huh. being very intentional. And I call it my million dollar minutes because, quite frankly, if that time was gone tomorrow, I would pay a million dollars to get it back Aww, because it that is so. Makes me want to cry. It's just it's, and I feel like we have these million dollar minutes throughout our day. But a lot of times we allow them to slip through our fingers. You know, when when our kids come in the kitchen and we're busy making dinner and they want to tell us something that happened at school and we don't feel like we can stop and really give them the attention. But if we really, you know, years from now when our kids are gone from the house, we will wish for those moments, won't we? We will long for those moments. And it's hard to remember that when you're in the trenches. It is so hard. And so I try to be really intentional and try to give— Everybody in my family, a little bit of million dollar minutes each day, my unfocused time, or not unfocused, my truly focused time on them, where I am, I'm giving them me and they're giving me them. And that deepens our relationship. And I know that that time is so precious and valuable. So, what is like your secret advice?
2: Like, when everything falls off the rails, <laughs> like, what is it that's bad that you do? I feel like you, you have, like, your whole life is, like, honed to perfection. But oh, it's Nobody not.
0: can no. do that. <laughs> no, so, like, nobody can do that.
2: What do you do when, like, you know, you're having, like, the worst day ever? Do you, like, go eat secretly in the closet? Do you Like, what's your no, advice? I would like, go you,
0: read books, non Stop.
2: No, that does not I, count. That
0: doesn't count. No, that is not what I, I was looking for. No, because when I read books, I get seriously antisocial. <laughs> Nobody mm. come bother me. All right, me. you're not going
2: to admit it. That's <laughs> okay. You don't have to. You can just put more on the perfection.
0: But no, I am I am and by no means perfect because none, none of us are. I have my own weaknesses and the things, you know, I have moments of crying in the closet because I don't want the kids to know I'm crying, crumpled up in a heap. I am no different than anyone else, and that's just playing with you. No, I know.
2: (laughs) I'm just so I'm impressed. I'm so impressed by how together you are.
0: But I think this is the thing: is that you know all these things that I do in my life, I truly believe any woman can do. Because I like to say I'm not, I'm not, I'm nothing special. I mean, my mom thinks I'm special. My husband thinks I'm special, but I'm not unique. I just am very intentional about how I choose to spend my time because your time. Your focus and your energy are these resources that we have that are gifts. And we hand them out to anyone and everyone on the street. Strangers on the street, we're handing them out like they're just, you know, dollar bills that we have to pass out. And instead, let's choose to really invest them. So it really is this whole idea of being mindful and being intentional with how we gift our time. Because the time you give, that is a gift that you're giving to other people.
2: So what is on your horizon next? What, is, what are you about to make time for? What's new? Mm-hmm. What's coming up?
0: Well, really, this book, I mean, honestly, I have a, you know, all leading up to this for the past year, I've been preparing my family and I've been pre- preparing my team at work to say this book is the priority for this season in my life. And so I'm going to be traveling more and I'm going to be, you know, doing more interviews and I'm going to be focused on the book. And this builds in that whole idea of harmony, that this is my priority I'm leaning into. And after the new year, I've already made plans to like lean back into family time and lean a little bit heavier into that. So that's really been the, that's the focus right now for me is really getting this book into the hands of as many women as I can, getting this Joy of Missing Out movement, this JOMO movement going because the women who've read the book have been so excited and they are wanting to help spread the movement. And so I truly believe that when we come together as women, we are capable of doing amazing, incredible things. So that is what I want. That's what that's what I'm focusing on. And just quickly on your podcast. Yes. So you've had
2: over a million downloads. Uh-huh. uh-huh. That's amazing. Thank you. How did you do that?
0: Well, you know, I, I really focus. I'm intentional. <laughs> I knew mean, you'd be surprised to hear that word come up. With my <laughs> podcast, I do—each season is a focus, and I have a topic that we cover— and because i'm a former teacher i think i think of i think of everything that i do the writing of the book the the podcast as curriculum so it's all these little mini kind of things that work together and weave together to create a comprehensive season so you're at one place at the start of the season 13 episodes later i'm getting you to an end point And each episode is about 20 minutes or so long. So I feel like they're really bite-sized where people can listen to it on their commute. And they're very actionable. I have lots of downloads. I have lots of exercises and things like that that people can really easily implement. So I think that's been really good for me is that word of mouth. People have loved the podcast. They love what they get out of it. It's almost like taking a course for free. And how do they find the podcast? It's Productivity Paradox. And you can find my podcast. You can find information about my Tanya TV episodes because I do videos as well and everything at TanyaDalton.com. So Tanya with an O and a Y. TanyaDalton.com is the best place to find my podcast and everything else. Amazing. And do you have any parting advice to anyone else about to tackle a book project? Yes. Here's what I would tell you. We think that when it comes to our big goals and our big dreams that it takes these giant leaps, especially these giant leaps of faith. And I'm here to tell you, it's okay to start small. Choose one teeny tiny step to get started. One little step that maybe feels insignificant, but once you do it, That will build your momentum. That's your springboard. Because once you take one step, it's easier to take two steps. And then it becomes easier to take a third, bigger step. And then maybe by the time you get to the seventh step, you are already running and you're off and going. And I think that's the thing that we undervalue. We undervalue the small steps that really do push us forward. One tiny step each and every day gets you so much closer than if you wait and wait and wait for one giant step. So start today, start small, but start with something that feels really manageable, get that win, and use that momentum as the win behind your back. Love
2: it. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for coming on Mom Time to Read Books and for sharing all of your tips and inspiring people to be like you and get their lives under control.
0: <laughs> thank you. Seriously. Thank you so much for having me. I really, it was great being here. Well, thanks for coming.
2: This episode has been sponsored by Book of the Month Club, bookofthemonth.com. Enter code Zibby to get your first book for $5. Thanks for listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. You can follow me on Instagram at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Thanks for listening. You could always email me at zibby at zibbyowens.com.